Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Judy Lasley about her vow renewal at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at the Whitehall Room and Patio at the Grand Floridian. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she and Bob decided to have a vow renewal and how they planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Judy. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, it's a great pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Now, I would love to start at the beginning and find out how the two of you decided that you wanted to have a vow renewal and have it at Disney. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of the the backstory on this because we've got, you know, some years behind us, I guess, for the vow renewal, which was our 45th. And for me, we made our first, my family, including my father and uh, siblings, made our first trip to Disney in 1974. So that dates it just a little bit. (laughs) And, um, you know, and I just remember even from that first trip, you know, we just enjoyed it. For me personally, it was kind of the joy and the magic of you know, of really being there. And we continued our vacations and, you know, our family growing up going to Disney. So we, um, you know, it's just always been a fun place for us and holds a lot of special memories. And I guess, you know, one thing that is probably important, the reason we decided to do a vow renewal in the first place was that, uh, you know, right before um, our original wedding, my father passed away um, with a heart attack very unexpectedly. And so our day was always kind of marked by more by that than the, um, the joy of a wedding. And so we decided that um, we were walking around Disney one time and we said, why don't we take back our day and replace it with something that's really joyful? And uh, that kind of started our wheels going and thinking about let's, let's do a vow renewal at Disney. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, how did your friends and family react when they found out that you were doing a vow renewal at Disney? Well, I think they, you know, they didn't really think about, you know, people doing vow renewals in our family. It's probably kind of an unusual, more of an activity, maybe an anniversary party or something, but not so much a vow renewal. So when we kind of talked about, you know, the backstory and, um, you know, taking back our day and kind of replacing that they were all there. So they all understood that. And I think that they then became kind of excited. You know, once they understood it all, we're like, they were really, really excited for us. And kind of then the ironic thing that happened is we also, besides kind of taking our day back is, you know, to celebrate the health in our family, because right after I signed that LOA, our letter of agreement, I also had a heart attack, which I didn't think I was going to make it to the vow renewal, even though we'd signed it and had everything all set up. And so that became kind of, you know, our goal as a family to let's get to the vow renewal. And, um, you know, so we're celebrating taking back our day and, you know, and, and to good health. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm so glad you were able to be there. 
Yeah, it was exciting. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We had invited about 40 people. First of all, our family originates in Indiana. So we had about 50% of our people from Indiana. And then the others have all migrated to what's called Central Southwest Florida. And so we invited about 40 people and we ended up with 36. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it was a good turnout. Now, with so many of your guests from Central Florida, did you bother setting up a room block? We did set up a room block. I went back and forth on setting it up. And so we we did go ahead and do it because even though many people were local, they still had a two or three hour drive. And some of them wanted to be there the night before because we our ceremony was in the early morning or they wanted to get there early and then maybe stay after. So we did do a room block. We're also DVC members, so for our children and their families, we set up DVC rooms for them. And in our invitation that we sent out, we also gave the name of a uh, travel agent that we use. And that gave everybody, you know, options, the ones coming from Indiana and that type of thing. So we kind of hit all the, you know, we hit all all of the different ways that you could uh, participate and get a room for coming to the event. (laughs) <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I often recommend that people work with a travel agent because that way you, as the person who's planning the vow renewal or the wedding, don't have to be someone's de facto travel planner. They can work with an actual professional travel planner. Yes. And the other thing is, I mean, setting up the room block and I've, you know, listened to your blog and things and uh, it, it is a little bit daunting trying to figure out, you know, where where do you need those days? And I guess, you know, you do have to know your crowd And for us, I wish I would have paid a little more attention to the days, you know, the day before and the day after and put a few more rooms into those. So that's one of the things that I would recommend is if you're doing a room block, you know, make sure you know your know your audience and the travelers that are coming. That's a great tip. Yeah. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day? Was it your actual anniversary? It was not our actual anniversary, but um, we prioritized based on our children and their families, school breaks to be able to get get them then. So that really dictated the week for us. And then we, reading your book and then also listening to the blogs, I started then looking for the economical days. And so for us, that was Tuesday in the morning with a ceremony that started at 930. That's great. Now, how did you choose the ceremony and reception venues? Well, A few years ago, we had taken our moms on the little Disney mom tour. We took them to Disney and stayed at the Grand Floridian and took them on a little, you know, Disney break, I guess. It was was fun. And one of the things that we did was we walked down to the wedding pavilion and it just spoke to us. You know, we just really loved it. My husband and I, you know, we'd already talked a little bit about, oh, should we, you know, we could do a vow renewal. But we hadn't really gone any further than that. And so when we got up close and were able to see it, then it just felt right for us. And then as far as the reception goes, we didn't want a lot of moving around. And we did like the ambiance and kind of the grander feeling of the Grand Floridian. And so we were happy to stay at the Grand Floridian for our reception. And we felt like that Whitehall room and patio offered, especially during COVID times, kind of the best of both worlds. 
We could have an intimate setting when we were sitting down and eating inside, and that room's perfect for, you know, about 36 people. But then we had the outside area for people that maybe wanted a break or wanted to be out in the air. And uh, we had some, our grandchildren are younger, so it gave them a little space to, you know, move around and uh, it, it worked really well for us. That's wonderful. Did you end up using any outside vendors for your event and how did you find them? Well, originally I wasn't going to use any outside vendors because at first I started looking at, well, okay, maybe I'll look at flowers, you know, the personal flowers, things like that. And um, I just felt like, you know, we were just going to keep it all with Disney. Then I looked at the, I got the price back in for photography And again, this is one of those things that if it's your original wedding, you look at it and, you know, maybe you want more photography, less photography. But for us, we weren't going to do like things like first looks or getting ready and, you know, just really started minimizing the amount of photography services that we would need. So I went out and started looking at uh, outside photographers and did some different searches and, um, you know, looked at their portfolios and things like that. And we ended up with Anna So Photography. And she was great because she was able to work with us on a um, package that, you know, for the middle of the week, it met her schedule. We were a small group and, you know, we were, we, she catered for the number of hours that we needed. So it ended up saving us. I mean, it was about a third of the cost that the Disney photographers would have been for us. So it worked out really well for us. Wow. Yeah, that's a great tip, too, because I think sometimes people maybe see the pricing on a photographer's website and they think, oh, I can't afford that or it's more than I need. But so many of them are willing to work with you to customize a package. So that's a great tip. Especially if you're doing something during the middle of the week, because typically a photographer's days are like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and not so much during the week. So it did work out really well for us. Fantastic. How did you choose someone to officiate the vow renewal ceremony? Well, we had a minister from Indiana that was has been with us for a long time. I always say it's a BK before kids. Um, <laughs> you know, we he was our minister, and uh, he has family in the area. And I spoke with him, gosh, a, well a year in advance, and he agreed to come down visit family, making kind of an event about it, and uh, you know, do our ceremony, which we were thrilled about, and. Interestingly enough, the weekend that he was coming down, he was flying, and that was the weekend that one of the major airlines had a bunch of travel cancellations. And so he got in the car and drove down. So unbeknownst to me until he got there. So it was, uh, it was really great that, that, he, that he made it, and we loved having him. Did you add any kind of entertainment to the reception? We did. Our theme around our whole bow renewal was the Disney Up movie. And I think, you know, many people have probably seen that. But, you know, it it really spoke to us because it starts with, you know, they meet very young. My husband and I met when we were in high school and kind of walks through some of the uh, ups and downs of their life and some of the health issues they had. And even the house, you know, we've always used our houses for, you know, like whatever adventure we are on. We make the house works for us, not us being beholding to the house. So that whole Disney movie really just spoke to the the message that we were trying to get across. And so we had Steve Dunlap, who was a Disney um, DJ, 
and he did a great job. We were more than happy with the, the help that he gave us. And I think one of the things that uh, when he and I talked, we had some specific things that we wanted to, you know, make sure that we, we hit. But other than that, you know, we turned it over to him and I said, you know, we want maximum participation. We want maximum fun because, you know, we're a small group. It's going to be morning and you're the professional, you know, help us. And he did just a, a phenomenal job. We got everybody up on the dance. I mean, he had everybody on our party up on the dance floor. And my mom and my mother-in-law, who are 93 and 86, were dancing. They were up there, you know, going around. It was, it was all just, uh, you know, he, he did a really good job of including every age group and, and keeping things going. So I enjoyed that. Kind of the other thing in this uh, Disney Up theme that we had was, I don't know if you remember, but one of the things that uh, goes on is that uh, Ellie gives uh, Carl this grape soda pin that he wears and says, you know, you're part of the club. Well, my niece is a uh, Disney entertainer. And so we were able to get uh, permission for her to participate with us since, you know, she's part of the family and everything. So she did the singing for our ceremony and during wow. for our unity candle. It wasn't a candle, our unity ceremony, I guess. We did the, uh, we did a mailbox with the uh, up theme. We did our hand prints onto the uh, mailbox. And so while we were doing that, she was uh, able to do a, uh, a song for us. And then during the reception, one of the previous roles she had was also in the Adventurers Club. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but that's yeah. downtown Disney when they used to have clubs. So she was one of the characters there. So she brought our kids, our grandkids up, and she walked them through becoming part of the club. And she got everybody on their feet, and she had everybody marching along and singing the song and Combaloosh and, you know, all those things, and then had everybody put their their pen on and then we all said we're part of the club now and go off and do your adventure and seek adventure so it was really it was really fun way to kind of icebreaker and have um, a family entertainer as part of our day also and then we did have characters we had mickey and donald i know a lot of people like mickey and donald but Donald is my husband's very favorite, and when he's with our uh, grandkids, he does the little Donald Duck voice, so uh, we did that, and I know a lot of people won't think that this is entertainment, but, uh, you know, for us, the uh, popcorn and characters go together, so we had the popcorn machine brought out onto the patio, popcorn machine like you have in the park, and we had um, buckets, you know, the buckets like you get in the, um, in the park they were filling those up with popcorn and uh, everybody was enjoying that. And that was their little wedding favor. And a big surprise was they were 50th anniversary popcorn buckets. So it was a treat for everybody. Wow. That's a great idea. I was also interested to see that you chose special costumes for Donald and Mickey. Can you talk about that? Yes, because we did the Disney Up movie theme, which, you know, the balloons, the colorful balloons and all of those things are, that was kind of where, how we decorated. We decorated with uh, balloons inside of the, uh, inside of the room. We did uh, also the different colors on the chairs and napkins and things like that. So Mickey and Donald, I don't know if you remember, but from their dance party and their birthday party, 
they have like these celebration costumes that have like uh, confetti, different colors of confetti on the, their white suits with different colors of confetti. And so we just felt like that went along with uh, kind of what we, our message that we were trying to get across of fun and celebration and the colors went really well with our, uh, our balloons and, and colorful uh, decoration. That's wonderful. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend? Well, we spent a lot of time on our food. And uh, one of the things that we did, because at the time that we were starting to choose food, they weren't doing any of the tastings. I mean, you could order a cake tasting kit, obviously, and still can. But as far as the food tastings, those weren't uh, around yet. So my husband and I made a trip to Epcot when, you know, during one of the food festivals and we got the little, you know, passbook that has all the different foods in it. We went around and we basically did our own tasting of the things that we thought would work well within the ceremony. And so we went around and did that. And that became our, our, our list of things when we started talking about food that we wanted to have. And then ultimately, we did get invited to the food tasting, and that was really good, too, because and if you do get invited or you're able to attend, highly recommend it. It, uh, it cleared up a lot of things for us, and the chef came around, the baker came around. It was all really well in clearing things up. You know, For example, we had ve- a couple of vegans that were going to be participating, and I was trying to organize a menu that, you know, compensated or made sure that they, you know, had choices. And when we sat down and talked to the chef, he's like, well, you can do that, but we can do that in the back. As long as we know you have them, get the menu you want, and then we will make sure that there's an appropriate dietary menu and plate for them to come out. So that helped us a lot. So for an example, as originally I was going to do just like roasted potatoes, because I knew that was an offering that we could give them. Although we really wanted the uh, bacon cheddar pave potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, no, do that. And then we'll make sure that, you know, there's some type of potato offering that's uh, vegan friendly for them. So as much as you can talk to, you know, the chef, if you get to go to the tasting or otherwise, that really helped us on many fronts in, in making choices. And uh, I probably overdid it on the food. I don't know, but food was, one of the things that we, you know, we just really wanted our guests to enjoy. And so we did like a cob salad. We had roasted vegetables. I already mentioned that potato pave, which was really good. Shrimp and grits. I didn't think I would do that, but we tasted that at Epcot and we really loved it. We put that on the menu and a lot of our family was the same way. They're like shrimp and grits, you know, we don't know, but they ate it. And we had so many people coming back to us and saying, we love that. And so we were happy. We kind of, you know, took a step out of our normal comfort zone. We had beef short ribs, which were another big hit. We had pork belly, Mickey waffles, bacon. And for the pre-reception, we had fruit and, and some type of yogurt dip. I didn't really ever see this food, but I heard it was, I heard the pre-reception was good. And originally they were just going to do kind of like a chef's choice basket of uh, some type of bread and pastries, that type of thing. But I had done some reading about the new Ohana and Ohana was one of our uh, favorite restaurants, their new breads that they were bringing in. It was like a pineapple bread, pineapple biscuit, and then a cheddar bacon scone. And so 
I, again, talked to the chef and I go, can you do that? And he's like, yeah, we can do that. So we swapped out, let's call it traditional pastries for those. And uh, we got a lot of really nice feedback on, on the bread choices also. This is wonderful. Such great detail. One thing I am curious to know, because the Epcot culinary team is different than the team that actually works at the Grand Floridian, how was the translation between the things you had tried at Food and Wine and then what you actually got? Did it come out the way you'd hoped? Yeah, there may have been. And what he explained to us was that they would contact that chef and understand, you know, how they put that together. And then they would make some slight alterations based on how they had to prepare it, you know, in the Grand Floridian. And I think they, you know, in respect to the person, to the chef that created that recipe, they make a few alterations for it, but it's kind of one of those things that they do to respect each other's culinary creations, I guess, is what I would say. So we didn't have any problem and the food was great. So we felt like we got uh, a little tasting of Epcot as well as uh, good food on the, the traditional things that we offered. That's fantastic. Did you guys have a cake? We did have a cake, a non, I'll call it non-traditional cake. One of the things that our grandkids love are cake pops. And so we did cake pops, chocolate, vanilla, and peanut butter. And we had them in, they made them look like balloons. Because again, we're doing this, you know, little up theme going on. So they put the balloons around kind of this bottom layer in a cake, some type of stand. And then we had one layer, a top layer. And then that was a kind of a blue with different clouds and the house on it and that type of thing. Um, So we had one, just one layer that we had for that. And Selfishly, I had that put into the BEO that it was not to be given to anybody but us. We were taking it home because <laughs> I listened to enough of your podcast to know, like, I'm making sure I get cake because everybody says, oh, the cake was great, but we didn't really get to enjoy it. And I'm like, I'm enjoying this cake. <laughs> That's awesome. What flavors did you pick? So for that one, my husband and I agreed we did lemon cake, lemon mousse with the blueberry, and we really, really did love it. We had the cake pops, so that was an option, which I really thought it would mostly be for the kids, but we had a lot of adults that were loving them too. And we did do sheet cakes that were served from the back. You know, they didn't come out, but that allowed us to do a couple of different offerings. So we did chocolate with the gray stuff and then almond with the raspberry mousse. And they just brought those out. And again, I had that put in the BEO that I wanted that serve buffet style so that we had all the different uh, offerings and choices that they could take with us. And one of the other things that we did is I got permission to bring cello bags, you know, for the cake pops to be taken home. And then also we got small cake boxes because I knew most people probably wouldn't be eating that cake right then or they'd want to take a piece home with them so we had the little boxes that we gave to the uh, wait staff and they they had the cake out buffet style but then they also as time went on they boxed the uh, rest of the cakes up and people took them as they as they walked out so it uh, that worked out really except for my big cake I got to take that one home all on my own <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Now, did you add a dessert party or a welcome party to your event? We did do a dessert party. We did our dessert party the night before. It was not for everybody. That was for our, uh, we have three children and their families. And so there were about 15 of us. 
we did that kind of on purpose because that was the first night that everybody was there. And, you know, we just wanted to be able to kind of enjoy our little uh, family unit together before, you know, we got into the next day. And um, for that one, we did, I kind of went around to our families and did, um, you know, favorite park foods. So for that one, we did a, uh, the nacho station and we did the Mickey pretzels, cheeseburger spring rolls, churros, and ice cream bars. And we had a hosted bar during that time also. And um, our young ones, the six-year-olds and, you know, eight-year-olds, they loved, like, I can have any of this ice cream that I want. And they're like, yes, tonight's your night. <laughs> the best night of their life. <laughs> yeah, no joke. they were going up and indulging, you know. And I just remember my one granddaughter, she said, I already have one of these, but I really want to try the other one. And I'm like, go for it. So it was a, it was a lot of fun to, to be able to do that. That's amazing. What venue did you use for the party? Originally, it was a UK Lockside, which was, uh, we chose that because uh, I worked for a UK-based company for during my career, and we lived in the UK for a couple of years, and uh, so that just really spoke to us and brings back a lot of memories, so we did uh, UK Lockside. Now, unfortunately, we got the call, you know, right before the rain call. And so, uh, you know, we ended up and I, I was disappointed because I kind of wanted that ambiance of being out there and everything. But at the end of the day, um, we ended up being inside at the Living Seas. So we ended up uh, being in there and the kids loved the aquarium. The adults loved the air conditioning. The food was all set up and, you know, it, it was fine. And then um We ran over, they took us, because we had buses, you know, to uh, take us uh, backstage and everything. And so then we, um, they took us then out after our, our meal for the fireworks. I thought they were going to take us to you, back to UK Lockside because that's, you know, the venue. It wasn't raining, you know, it, actually, I don't think it ever rained. I think it sprinkled mm -hmm. a little bit. But uh, anyway, they ended up taking us. I'm like, we're going to UK Lockside. She goes, well, actually, we found a better spot for you to see the uh, fireworks and we think it'll it'll be way better for you and I'm just like at this stage like okay fine you know it's it's all good and so they took us back around and we got out on the back side of China and they walked us through we had two ladies that were kind of our guides and they walked us through and up at the uh, world showcase uh, gateway where the right there in the very front when you walk in they have that partitioned off right behind one of those gift stores and they used to be, I think, uh, you know, special viewing, fast pass viewing or special viewing. They had that roped off and there was not a soul in there except us. Wow. And so we got that whole area. And I remember I asked it because it was the width of that gift store. You know, that's right. how much area we had there. And I asked the lady, I said, is there another group joining us? And she goes, no, this is all for you. And so my kids have been around Disney enough to know that that was a big deal, you know, a special <laughs> deal. And with Harmonious, you know, now launching and the discussion about, oh, where can you see it from? We were dead center to the front of uh, Harmonious. So it was, it was special. It was, it was magical. Wow. That's fantastic. One thing I was just going to pick up on on the dessert party that we did do is we, we did the ride mix in the frozen uh, ride mix in. And, um, 
I didn't tell anybody. My husband and I agreed we were not telling anybody anything. Everything that we did, especially on the dessert party, was, you know, we didn't tell them. And so we do it. My kids, you know, my grandkids, they're all thrilled. The fireworks. We got the special viewing area. Everything. Everybody's happy. And I said to him, I said, you know, we can't come to Epcot and not do at least one ride. So how about we all go over and do Frozen together? And it was like, yeah, you know, they were just. <laughs> and so then obviously we had that arranged and the guides took us there. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a great and, and honestly, just a really special night. Oh, that's fantastic. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the Vow Renewal Day ran? Yes. So I think we got up about six o'clock and, um, we had a pickup arranged for 7.30 a.m. So the uh, we had a limo and also then a bus to pick us up. And one of the things that I'll kind of interject here that I think is important, we were staying at Saratoga Springs. And originally in our BEO, it was set up so that, you know, the pickup was at the front of the resort, you know, where the normal pickup is. And so we had talked through this already in our BEO, and I made sure that, because Saratoga has this very large resort and has these different buildings, I had it in the BEO that they would pick us up at the building, not in the front of the resort, and that they were to call the day that we checked in to um, find our find our location. And so that worked out really well because we didn't have to worry about getting from you know point A in the resort to the front of the resort and you know your hair and all the different things that. Uh, that are going on. So they picked us up about 7.30 and we got to uh, the Grand Floridian Wedding Pavilion. Well, it must have been about 7.50. And we did photos till about nine o'clock. And uh, we had a start time at 9.30. I think our guests started arriving around 9.15, 9.10, right around that area. And uh, we had a start time at 9.30. And we probably finished our ceremony uh, about 10 o'clock and um, we did, you know, a little bit of a family gathering, you know, talking to family because we hadn't really talked to them at that stage. And we did, uh, you know, a little exit um, out to the limo and things like that. And then we stayed back and did some photos while the rest of the um, parties went up to uh, the Whitehall room for the pre-reception. And then um, our lunch started about 1130 so right around 1130. And that's when we did kind of the welcome and, you know, the adventurers club welcome and icebreaker and things like that. And uh, about 1245, we did what I'll, I'll call the DJ time. So by the time everybody had had their meal and uh, we'd moved on, that was about 1245. And then at 145, so we had about an hour of dancing and you know different things that were going on there and at 145 we had uh, Mickey and Donald show up and it was approximately between 245 and 3 and we were finishing up about that time. Okay now when you were planning what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? Yeah I think for us it was we wanted to make sure that everything was joyful because, you know, I kind of explained to you, we were trying to, you know, bring back the joy to our day. And so it was joyful and for our family to experience that, that joy 
of, of you know, all of us being together and celebrating. And I also wanted to, you know, make sure that the that they were surprised too, because, you know, obviously you surprise your grandkids or younger children. That's a little easier, but surprising the adults is always a little bit harder. And so we wanted to make sure that we were surprising them also. And so everything that we did, nobody knew about. I hadn't told them about, you know, kind of my niece being there. I hadn't told them about, you know, some of the dancing things that we had arranged and uh, Mickey and Donald, all of those things were surprises. So that's, that was our, our real focus was on, you know, just having a really good time and making sure that we replaced uh, everything with, it, it was joyful, joyful for our family and a celebration. That's fantastic. Now, what aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort? Yeah, one of the things I already mentioned was the uh, photography. And, and I think just in general, you can get caught up because this is a vow renewal versus an original wedding, you know, that most uh, you, you hear about the original weddings. So we, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, like you need to do things around the traditional way, the tra traditional plan or, you know, things that go on that you expect at a, at a wedding. And so I think that's what helped me the most was kind of setting that aside and saying, you know, what's going to make, you know, the vow renewal um, important for us. So, and, and scaling then those activities. So for example, we talked about the photography and, um, you know, things like um, we didn't have to be introduced as, you know, the bride and groom. We didn't want that. We wanted to invite our guests into our, into our group. So Bob and I were able to open the doors and say, you know, welcome, come in. We're so excited you're here. And which is a little flip on what we would have done if it was our original wedding. And that helped us move the things out that were less important to us um, that we might have gotten caught up in. Got it. Okay. Now, out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your vow renewal? I think that we feel like we, in our ceremony and the remarks that were made at our ceremony, we felt like we gave a legacy to our kids. And that was a really special time for us um, because there was some of our story that was told there and that, you know, our children just didn't know, uh, not because it was secret or anything. It just gets lost in, you know, in time. And so we were able to, uh, that was really important to us. And I think, you know, our moms, we honored our moms. We toasted to our moms. We, you know, celebrated our moms. My husband and I were, were born on the same day, same year. So we made a big deal about our moms being in labor and delivering us on the same day. <laughs> so that was kind of a, a fun thing that we did. And then we recognized, we told them because of that, that, you know, this celebration and all these friends and family are here because of uh, them bringing us into the world. So that that was a special moment. And my mom came to me later and said, you know, that's, I've been part of a lot of special events in my life, but I will never forget this. Oh. And, um, you know, you, you don't take the money that you spend on Disney, a Disney event lightly. And I would do it all over again, tenfold for the joy that I know that that brought to you know, my mom and my husband's mom and, and our grandkids, you know, our grandkids see each other annually at certain events, but they spend a week together. And now 
ever since our our ceremony, they come home from school and they FaceTime each other every day. It's kind of, you know, and, and it's I feel like that's, you know, the special memory of that is a gift that we feel like we gave we gave to our families. So those are kind of our our special memories. That's wonderful. Well, I feel kind of like a heel asking this next question, but did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I mean, I was kind of disappointed about the the rain, you know, for the dessert party, but at the end of the day, it turned around. And, you know, there really wasn't anything that was, you know, I could sit here and point and go, oh, wow, that was bad or wrong, or it didn't work the, the way that I wanted it, you know. It, it was all great. It really just was all great. That's fantastic. Now, is there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? One of the things that I was a little concerned about, and this kind of goes back, I've done some corporate planning in my history. So, you know, once you do some planning, you start thinking about, you know, all the points where something could go wrong. (laughs) And one of the things that I kind of was worried about is, you know, the the pickup on the morning of the pickup on the uh, dessert party. So when the buses or the limo was supposed to be there, because, you know, I'm like, if they don't come, what, what do I do? Who do, you know, how, who do I call? How do I, you know, make this correct? And so I called my planner, um, you know, like the week before, and I said, here's kind of one thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is, you know, how, how do I, it's my, I can't help it. It's my planner and me that, you know, and she said, well, I'll send you the name of the, um, you know, the phone number of the drivers and, you've got my phone number and here's your contract number with the, you know, the, uh, the agency that they were using for the travel. And honestly, that gave me a lot of comfort knowing that I had that, but at the end of the day, I didn't need it, you know, because it all worked out. They, they knew what they were doing. They had it all planned. Everything was perfect, but it was one of those things that I probably, you know, thought about a little too much that I should have just trusted the process. <laughs> Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you do now? You know, maybe I would have looked at, I looked at the floral, but we got a little bit caught up in that. I had given them price points for floral, um, you know, for bouquets and different things. And, and they did it. They, and the floor, the flowers were beautiful. In the second go around, you know, when you're starting to go around back around your, your BEO, uh, I thought, you know, I, I probably don't even need this. I probably can, you know, give them uh, lower end flower choices and things like that. By the time I got to that, um, we were, you know, well inside the 30 day mark and things like that. And I just I kind of I call it let that I let that go. Uh, I probably could have made a point about it, but it. You know, it was just such a small thing that uh, I I don't think, but I would, you know, think about that a little further. And some of that is a little bit the, uh, you know, the planners are so backed up right now. They're, you know, just overwhelmed with um, a lot of the work that they're in. They're doing a phenomenal job. But, I, you know, I know that they're running behind what would be traditionally their timeline. And so, um, you know, the the flowers saving, you know, a little bit of money on that, uh, in the scheme of things, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Got it. Okay. 
Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Maybe those who are considering a vow renewal, but they're not sure if anybody will come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, it, it depends on your story and it depends on your family and how important that is to you and making sure that they understand that. Um, because I think in the original wedding, most people get caught up in the, oh, they're getting married. And most people, that's a new relationship and it's a new story and, and there. But when you do a vow renewal, there's, you know, there's years of experience <laughs> behind mm -hmm. you and, and memories and things like that. So I think that uh, that was important to us that we helped people understand why them participating with us was going to be, um, you know, part of part of the legacy and part of the, the go forward joy that we were looking for. And uh, so I, I think that choosing a vow renewal is, is a wonderful way for us. It was a wonderful way to celebrate as far as, um, you know, kind of like some ideas or tips. One of the things that I did was I scoured that BEO. And uh, when I went through the BEO, you know, they, they kind of number their like, uh, transportation like event one and it has the transportation whenever I did edits to the BEO or I gave feedback I made sure I referenced under event one it says this I'd like it changed to this under mm -hmm. event 10 it says this I'd like it changed to that and when I talked to the planner she's like oh my gosh she goes that was so helpful because usually I have to get it in an email and, you know, work through, um, like, where is it in the BEO? And um, so that that's one of the tips I would give anybody that's trying to, you know, make, they're already trying to keep caught up. So anything that you can do to, you know, help them move things along, I think is a, is a good one. That's a great tip. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel strongly about keeping things a surprise. I think in either one of your podcasts or maybe in your book is, People don't know what to expect. And so, you know, if you talk about it a lot, then they, you know, they start creating their own expectation, their own reality of what's going to happen. And if you don't tell them anything except for, you know, the minimum things that they need to know to get there and you can surprise them, they're, they're delighted, frankly, just yeah. delighted. That's fantastic. Well, Judy, I think you've offered a ton of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in planning any kind of event at Walt Disney World, whether it's a wedding or a vow renewal. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, it's been fun reliving it. Thanks so much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.